everybody. This is Pastor Kim and Pastor Nick. What up? Of you and my church here in the San Fernando Valley of Los Angeles County, California. Come on. And this is our fourth podcast. Mm-hmm. Welcome. Welcome to the conversation. Uh, we yes, just... I like that. Welcome to the conversation. Because <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. That's what it is, right? In case you don't know, this is live and uncut. And we're just going to put it out there just the way it comes through. Amen. So, uh... <laughs> We were asking the Lord, what do we talk about today? And we felt two words. Each of us got a piece of it, and then we saw that they go together perfectly. Mm-hmm. And um, the first word was about hard seasons or difficult seasons, going through them. And the second part of that is how to receive God's promises. And so so that's what we're going to get into. All right. Amen. Amen. All right. So, Pastor Nick. What up? I would like for you to qualify real quick what makes a hard season. <laughs> That's a hard thing to qualify. Well, I think, well, first of all, hard seasons don't necessarily have a specific definition because for every individual, something's hard for one that's not hard for another. I would say a hard season is anything that is challenging you in the area of faith. Mm, that's good. I would say that... Uh, you know, for, for like, for example, personally for me, you know, starting UMI was and still is a hard season mm. because I have to have faith whether no one shows up or whether a hundred show up. I'm still doing this <laughs> right. for the one. And both takes faith. And both It does. It <laughs> takes faith because it, yeah. to not get into that place of, um, I don't want to say showmanship, but entertainment so that people will come back. You know, it's like, I'm not here to entertain you. I'm here to give you the word of the Lord. And, you know, that which he's spoken to me, I give to you. And here's the Bible to show you what, what, what he's trying to say. And, yeah. and um, or what he is saying. And, and it's easy for pastors to fall into the entertaining of a people mm, to mm-hmm. keep them coming. Yeah. And, man, it takes faith not to go there. Yeah. It's like, so for me, that's my current hard season. Um, but any hard season is at, at, at a time where where you're being challenged in the area of faith. That's where I would qualify and quantify what it means to be in a hard season. Okay. So you personally, what do you do or how do you keep your faith in Man. the midst of a hard season? Um, well, I think first I confess my sins. Mm. I think first things first, let's get my heart clear because uh, I don't know about it, a lot of people that are listening or I mean, I know a little bit more because you're my wife. I know yeah. about you. <laughs> but when it comes to me personally, the first place I I tend to go to in my flesh is doubt. Yeah. So yeah. I'll go to a, a place of doubt in my heart and I'll start to, I mean, think stupid things, you know, just like then it affects my thought life. My heart life is all jacked up. And so um, I first and foremost go to confession and repentance um, because I need to get my heart clear. Uh, so that's my first go-to when I know I'm finding myself in a, in a hard season. I call a brother of mine or I talk to you as my wife and I'll just be like, hey, I'm in a really, I'm in a really negative place. I'm in a hard season. This is where I'm at. Mm. I confess my sin. Um, and then I, I obviously repent, 
Yeah. And I do so as often as needed. So you reach out. When you find yourself in a hard season, you don't try to just internalize right. going through it. You actually reach out to somebody and say, hey, you know, here's what I know to confess. Yeah. And maybe ask them to pray for you. Or- Absolutely. I ask them to pray for me then, and I ask them to keep me in their prayers. Um, usually, obviously, trusted men or men in general, because um, I don't like just for just for safety. I don't necessarily go to women at all, not because they're not valued, and not because they don't um, have what it takes, because they obviously do. <laughs> there, yeah. you know, there's no male and female in the spirit, but. Um, I, I want to honor you as my wife, so I don't, I don't, I don't confess that very intimate, you know, stuff to yeah. to females in private. But um, but that being said, I, yeah, I I feel like two is better than one. So you know, it's like I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna confess my faults. I'm gonna have someone else praying for me. I'm gonna be praying for me. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell. All my trusted counsel. Hey, look, I'm having a problem. Come rally around me so that I can so that I can get through this and I, it, it, with as little damage as possible. Mm. Well, I, you know, I heard you say two super healthy things, and I just want to highlight one of them because it was slipped in. But I love that you talked about how, as a man and as a married man, you don't ha- you don't go to women to confess sin that much. You don't use them as confidence other than your wife. And I, and I love that because um, because marriage is so special to God, but the mm-hmm. culture of marriage in America is just it's just garbage. Yeah. It's just trash. You know, yeah. we have just like the worst divorce rate amongst first first world nations altogether, and um, well, possibly amongst all the nations. But that's another topic right there. <laughs> I, don't, you know, I don't know the statistics. I don't know the statistics, but, but I I heard some I heard someone from India, you know, going in, and I couldn't say anything, mm-hmm. you know, because it's true. And and the reason I bring that up is um, because when we get into the moment of confessing our faults and receiving prayer, it is intimate. Mm-hmm. So if it's going to be a one on one relationship where right. we go to com- to you know, it's smart to do like women and women and men and men. So that, you know, you're not confessing to your sister in Christ and she's like falling in love with you because of all the intimacy. And then your spouse isn't getting the intimacy. Anyway, I just wanted to highlight that because I think it's important what you said about going to other people. But what's also important is even when we're not in a difficult season, that we're cultivating relationships with people that are healthy. Right. So when the hard times come, we can just dive in and let everything hang out. Right. And um, the other thing I noticed that you emphasized was you, know, you go straight into the brotherhood of Christians. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think the enemy really tries to use our isolation to, to pit us in yeah. and keep us in a hard season even longer. Yeah. And he'll use pride and shame to try to get us to be quiet when if right. we would just speak out, we could get through it faster. Yeah, no, I I totally agree. I mean... Well, think about it. <clears throat> I mean, if you would just take a moment to, to think about that strategy, it's easy to pick off one. Mm-hmm. It's hard to pick off a team. Yeah. You know, it's like I, I always I always think of intercession as the phalanx. So, for sorry, the phalanx is a um, it's a is um, a Greek army strategy where their shields were basically all around each other. So they're so it was one big moving ball of a shield. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah, and yeah. they stepped as one, they moved as one, they strike, they struck the enemy as one, and it 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 was for many, many, many uh, generations a, an extremely powerful tool, and uh, it, it, they're still used in, in 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 a form today in modern combat. Obviously, we don't use shields anymore, but we still use that same strategy. Yeah, you know. Uh, that being said, I, I view hard seasons and really as often as possible life that way. But especially in a hard season, man, I need the phalanx to come around me to shield me from the darts of the enemy, lest they pierce my armor and mm. I, I and I end up with a wound. You yeah, because I've been out there by myself in hard seasons. And I found myself out there way longer than I needed to be mm. because I didn't confess. And especially to another guy, because guys know how to call out guys for the crap. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, you know, just being, you know, weak willed or not, you know, just not you know, trying to convince myself that I w- really wasn't doing what I was doing. Yeah. And, you know, I love my brother sniff it out and, and, and call it forth, you know? So, no, shout out to Mike Park and Mark Olson. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, and Mike Rizzo. And Mike Rizzo and a, a few other brothers. You know. Thanks for being the bloodhounds in my life. Yeah, um, I know Michael Park will get after it too. Right, he, <laughs> in two seconds <laughs> with some fierceness. I love those guys. Oh, I know, man. I really do too. But, um, but it's also, you know, there's confess your faults one to another that you might be made whole. You know, I, you know that's uh, that I forget where that's at in scripture, but um, uh, that's in James. Right, I just forget the coordinates. I'll look at it for you. Yeah, but um, but there's a power in confession. So I'm not going to give room to the enemy in my hard season. I'm not going to give him a foothold into my life. I'm going to be open and transparent, and I'm going to allow. I'm going to allow myself to be on full display for all my, my for all my brothers and sisters to see. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, I just want to just pause there for a second. I think that's why so many people in the body of Christ fall into sin in hard seasons because mm. they're not willing to be vulnerable in those hours. You know, it's like, okay. So even if you had part of your hard season is you fell into sin, confess that sin and be open. Like some of the most heart. Okay. Let me, let me just rewind. I know, I know I, I have brothers whom you know as well that um, cheated on their wife Mm -hmm. and the moment they did fully confessed it. Yeah. Opened up to their wife and said, I did something horrible. I didn't know what I was doing, which was obviously not true, but, but this was their first confession said, look, I, I, I really messed up. And though it was extremely difficult, because they became open, transparent, and vulnerable, and might have taken a long season, they walked it out with their spouse, and now they've come out far stronger and far better than they were before. Mm-hmm. And so uh, there, there's a power in confession and openness and vulnerability. So we all can see, and, and you can be displayed, like Christ in a lot of ways, was, dis- was, was, was displayed on the cross. It's like, man, I'm, I'm going to crucify myself right now. Y'all need to see me. And if, at the moment I try to get off this cross, help me na- get get nailed back on. You know, like <laughs> yeah, that's good. You know, so anyway. Okay, so well, that is awesome. So listen, what if uh, I'm gonna highlight the person who's listening and they're going, man, I don't know who to call. I don't have anybody. 
You know, I I didn't cultivate those relationships. It's too late. The season is hard. You know yeah. what? What should they do? Well, that's that's a unfortunately a very common, very common uh, situation. I would say twofold. One, that's not true. You have people in your life. Now you say, well, I don't know any Christians. Go to your go to your home church. If you don't have a home church, go get one. <laughs> go get in a small group. Yeah. Go talk to a pastor, one or or, or a pastor, or you know someone who knows a pastor that's trustworthy. And if for some reason there's no trustworthy pastor, you don't have any friends that believe in Jesus, and there are and there are, and there are no churches around you, grab a stranger. <laughs> I mean, look, it's just it's as simple as you need to confess this thing. Don't hold this thing in you; it will rot you to the bones. Yeah. And so, that being said. Um, but nobody needs to go to the, generally go to that extreme of grabbing a stranger and confessing their faults. Ninety nine percent of the people that are listening and that and that are out there know somebody trustworthy in their life who knows Jesus. Yeah. And just because you might not be best friends with them does not mean you can't confess to them as a brother in Christ or a sister in Christ what's going on in your life. So that's true. And so, listen, if you, I'm sorry, to interrupt, no, but if no, you go, go to a big church. Uh, or if you know you some there's a lot of people who sort of sometimes attend a mega church mm-hmm. and then they don't have the relationships when when difficulty comes look almost all of those churches have what they call small groups or right. community groups find somebody who works in the church and sign up for a small group right because it's easy to be one of the thousands that never have a personal touch but you could also pull into one of these little home groups that meets once a week yeah. and get yourself some um you know, some community. Not that it'll be perfect, but you ain't perfect either. You know what I mean? So jump in there, and at least you have somebody to pray with. Yeah. And, and man, if you got a praying grandmama, or your mama's a praying mom, or, or, your, or your father's a praying man. Your friend got a praying grandmother. Right. Somebody knows somebody who's praying for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. It's it's the it's the God's honest truth. And if, and if you would just reach out and say, hey, who prays for me? I need to talk to you. Just on Facebook, somebody's going to respond, and I'm, it sounds like desperation, but man, we're in a desperate hour. We need to start confessing our faults one to another. We need to begin to. I'm not saying not to be safe about it. Obviously, be safe about it, mm-hmm. and don't just start saying your business to just any old buddy. But at the same time, as I'm as I as, as I want to be cautious and say that I also don't want to put restraints, because there's just so many people dying on the inside because they don't open up. Right, and it may be that the only reason you feel shy about it is because the enemy's trying to whisper in you. You're telling you not to reach out. Exactly, exactly. Like, well, that that person really ain't going. It's like you'll never know till right. you try. They might talk about you. So what? Yeah. Let them talk, but 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 they might pray for you. Right. And you might get built up in your faith. Come on. And you might have a better day today. That's exactly right. There's, so. I mean, like, for example, some of the, okay, there's this lady that um, I, I really don't like very much. God bless her heart. I think she, you know her. She's an older woman, very blunt, very brash, extremely hard. But she loves Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I, I, there's no doubt about that. And I, and I one time came to her, um, she asked me what I was doing, um, and just she harshly rebuked me out of nowhere for no reason. So I got offended. But 
um, not too long after that, there was no one else to talk to. <laughs> and she was the only person in the coffee shop. <laughs> and I went up to her. I said, look, I need you to pray for me. And this is what I need you to pray for. And with, without hesitation, she said, absolutely. And so it's not necessarily always that you need to be best friends with the person that you confess to. Yeah. It's that you know that that person will pray for you. And if and if they're and if they're going to be um, so, uh, I don't, I don't want to say evil because evil is not the right word, but if they if they're going to be so uh, mean, immature. immature as to talk about you or mean as to talk about you, that's between them and the Lord. Your job is to get healed. That that that's that's you need to confess. Anyways, that's that's just my two cents. I mean, I know that sounds crazy. It sounds a little desperate. And no, it's I'm not trying to come across that way. I want everybody to be safe in their confession. Look, sometimes difficult seasons are desperate. Well, hey, and, I've and been sometimes there. we got to get over the just humble ourselves <laughs> and say, I am in desperate need. Yeah. You know, and again, you get on Facebook and say, hey, you know, I'm just, you know. Man, I've done that. I'm just, I'm having a hard day. You know, pray for me. I, man, when I see people post stuff like that, I really do pray for them. And you'd be yeah. surprised how many people. I do that. I mean, pray I, for you. I mean, there were, I mean, there's a few times where all my boys were gone. Like, they just couldn't get a hold of them at work. You know, just didn't pick up their phone, wouldn't answer text messages because they yeah, were busy. Yeah, and you put it on Facebook. I put it on Facebook. I said, look, I'm having a hard day. Y'all pray for me. And, yeah, I know. I always like to post me. <laughs> <laughs> I know you did, baby. But uh, but in all in all sincerity, uh, I got lots of responses, and I felt blessed by it, and from a lot of people that I didn't even think cared. Yeah, and they really did care, and so and there, I, I believe that when it comes, especially here in North America, now there's always more people who love Jesus that care. Than you think there are absolutely because you never know who you, you never even know who you work with that maybe is a believer that you didn't even Come know was and on. I believe that that that's true. Okay, so we we've been talking about praying and we've been talking about confessing and how in difficult seasons, um, your faith is challenged. Right. And so here's the thing: if I'm stirring up my faith or I want to see my faith strengthen, what is my faith in? Ah. God's promises. Yes. So now let me ask you a couple <laughs> questions. Because the Lord gave you word about God's promises. Yeah, today. So let me ask you. So 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 as we're as we're trying to build up our faith in the midst of hard seasons, and we and we're like, where do I lean to? What do I grab hold of? You know, what is that anchor that's going to keep me from mm. going crazy? Mm. You know, I can't pay my bills. My kids are hungry. I don't know what's going on. We've been there. Right. Or I'm lonely or I'm scared or oh, I'm having man. crazy thoughts or I can't sleep at night. Or Tra- I'm going to do, trans- do a transparent uh, confession moment. Oh, uh-oh. Grandview, Missouri. Dinner table. Last meal we had. You remember this? I think I do. Yes. I am mad. <laughs> yes, I do. I am mad at the Lord. I I, I, I was <laughs> mad. I was so mad. Family, when I tell you I was mad, I was defiant and mad. Like I have, I've, it, it's it's rare that I get this upset. And I and I was telling my wife, I love my wife. Thank you for this. Thank you for this day too. By the way, um. I, yeah. I was. I said. I was like. I am so sick of this. I said. I'm eating potatoes because ain't nothing left. 
I am starving. I'm, I, where in the world are we going to get food? There's no gas in the car. We can't go nowhere. There's no money in the bank. We ain't got nothing. We got no money to pay our bills. And I was just getting angrier and angrier and angrier. And I'm like, where is the Lord? I've done everything he's asked me to do, and I still got nothing. And my wife was said, you need to calm yourself down. <laughs> He said, he flat out said to me, I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor their seed begging for bread. We will not go hungry. The Lord will provide for me. I know he will provide for us and for me and my son because my, because, because, uh, what was he? Something along those lines. Anyway, yeah, she, she went, she went hard. I went into my, my Southern Baptist roots. All that stuff came (laughs) Thank God for, what what was that? Uh, sword battles? Yeah. Yeah, sword drills. Sword drills. Yeah. <laughs> but uh I but, did. I got so mad at you. Yeah, my you old did. testament. I think I cried at some point. Yeah. I was like shaking. I was like, I don't I don't know what's gonna happen to you, but me and my son <laughs> are gonna be provided for. Because <laughs> the righteous are never forsaken and their seed never begging for bread. Yeah. So, so I remember. <laughs> I remember that too. But just open and transparent. I mean, that's God's, oh, goodness. But that's God's promises. Yeah. Where I was weak, you were strong, and I fully confess I repented after that. But yeah, because the Lord I, sent money the next day. Was next it next day? It was the next day. A whole bunch of money. Yeah, it was the next day. <laughs> yeah. I, I was, and I felt like an idiot. <laughs> I was like, I was like, here I am, Dad, and you're yelling. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Forgive me. But um. It happens, though. Yeah, but that's how the Lord does it. Anyways, that being said, that was you holding on to the Lord's promises. And I want to ask you, before we talk about what those promises are, I want you to talk about the heart posture that we need to have in holding on to them. Because some people hold on to them without wisdom, Uh. you know, and do so without, well, I don't need no job. It's like, the Lord's going to provide for me. I don't and, know where that came from. Well, no, but I mean, but <laughs> yeah, some, I know people, what you mean, but some people do. And I want for, before we talk about what those promises are, I want to ask you what the heart posture is that we need to have in terms of holding on to those promises or even approaching those promises. I think the first thing we need to do is be sure we have a promise from God. Okay. Um, that that is that's a big issue because. If you look at the scripture, God's promises come in the context of a relationship with him all of the time, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, and I don't want to get deep into covenant or anything, but there's always, even though God does mostly everything Mm -hmm. and our part is really very little like faith compared to everything that he's doing, providing, protecting, you know, doing, you know, all the shielding, giving identity, releasing, blessing, deliverance, healing. I mean, he's doing all this stuff and he's like, just believe you know, just come to me in times of trouble. And they, I'm, I'm your strong tower. You know, he's he's doing really all the heavy lifting, even though our part feels heavy to us sometimes. And the, the, the important thing is that one, that what you're believing on is, in fact, a promise. OK, right. that's that's one thing. Well, like, give um, me an example. Well, I, I've known people who have believed for material wealth mm-hmm. um or what they see as success in their business or their industry if you believe that you are going to your company is going to make 
the Fortune 100 in the next three years, or you believe, you know, that you're an entertainer and so you're going to receive a Grammy in the next five years, or you know what I mean? It's like, um, things that really have nothing to do with the promises of God specifically, mm-hmm. but that we internalize as a personal word, right? We personally decide, well, if God is. If if God is giving me favor, then that means that I'm going to have these things. Right. Okay. That is not a promise of God in the Word. God's promise is, I will never leave you or forsake you. Um, God's promise is, I will provide your need according to my riches and glory. There's a long distance between your need. And a Grammy. And a Grammy or your need and a Bentley, you know, or your need and like a mini mansion. Like, and so sometimes we decide that because we want something, well, God's just going to give me the desires of my heart. It's like, do you know what that verse means? Right. Sometimes we take a verse out of context and it's like, God never, now, now, now don't get me wrong. Sometimes there are things that are not specifically stated in the Bible that God does promise to Mm -hmm. us. Mm -hmm. And if God initiated that goal for you. Right. And it was his idea. Right. And he told you to do it. Right. That's different. For example, the Lord might come to a couple and say, I want to give you a son. Contend for this son. Okay. Well, now if if God if you really believe God has come and confirmed to you multiple times that you're supposed to receive a son, okay. That's a you personally got a word about getting a son. I'm all for that. He gave yeah. you dreams. He gave you scriptures. He had strangers come up to you. Whatever he did, there you are. Then that's something legitimate. However, a couple that decides, well, we want a son, and and therefore you treat it like God promised it to you. Now, it may be his will to give you a son. He might give you one even though he didn't plan on it. He might also have it in his will for you to adopt three sons. Right. It might be that... Um, you guys are going to make some choices and you're going to choose to divorce in a couple of years. And he doesn't want to bring us. I don't know. I just made that up. But my point is. Well, and we're not saying that divorce is okay. You no, know, we are not saying that divorce is okay. <laughs> right. But what I am saying is it's important that you actually have a promise. Right. And not that you've made up something that you just really want and decided to call it a promise. That if Amen. God doesn't do it, He's not. So you say part of the qualifying in order to hold on to, like if we're gonna we're gonna take our faith, our mustard seed, mm-hmm. and we're gonna apply it someplace, yeah. we need to make sure that what we're applying it to is actually the word of the Lord to it's us. Actually, the word of the Lord. So one, it's a promise in Scripture that He's promised to His people. It's a relationship that you're in with Him, mm-hmm. and therefore you're lined up. I think the other part of it is so. I let me clarify that one. He's spoken to you something special, something specific about your life. And he's confirmed it, and you are now applying your faith to it. Right. Okay. It's not just your dream that you had one night because you ate too much pizza, and it's really what you wanted since you were five. But you really have waited on the Lord and had it confirmed that it was his word. Right. Okay. The other thing is, which is the, the vast majority of things, they're written in scripture already. Right. Been there for thousands of years. Right. This is what God does for all his people. Right. Now, the things in Scripture are part of a covenant relationship. They don't stand alone. Yeah. So if I'm not in relationship with God, I'm not in a covenant relationship with him. I don't obey him. I don't seek him. 
My heart isn't given to him. I have other idols, other things I want with all my heart more than him. I'm using him as a means to an end. Then I ought not to expect that I'm getting all the promises of a covenant relationship when I'm not in a covenant relationship with God. Right, 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 right. And right. that's the other thing. Sometimes people are mad that God didn't fulfill a promise. You aren't even talking to God. You don't even talk to God until you ask for something. Right. You aren't in the relationship. And so sometimes if he gives us a blessing outside of the relationship, sometimes he'll bless us when we don't even know him to show us that he's good. Mm-hmm. But there's other times where we know better. And if he blesses us, he's just going to make us think that going the wrong way is paying off. Right. And so he'll withhold it out of love so that we can turn back to him. And once we repent, he has mercy on us and he gives us the promises and Absolutely. he blesses us. And, you know, Absolutely. but but it's really important that one, it's actually a promise that God has promised you. And two, that you're in relationship with him and you're not just looking for this one handout while you go wild out and decide to be your own God. Ain't that the truth? Because what good is that one little blessing when your life is headed for destruction anyway because you're your own God? Right. That being said, (laughs) um, you know, there's a way to receive a promise. Mm. So now that I know my promises from God, um, like, for example, the one when we were, you know, in Grandview and, and we had a son and finances got weird at one point sometimes it was plenteous you yeah. know with our boy but a couple yeah. times it got really weird when yeah. we had him and we still have him <laughs> yeah i mean after we had received him then it, it got weird because most of the time after we received him it was pretty it's pretty great yeah. um a couple times it got strange and then there is that promise from the lord yeah david said i've been young and now i'm old never have i seen the righteous, righteous forsaken, forsaken nor his seed begging bread so the promise of God to us, for example, is my son will not have to beg for bread so long as I keep my faith in God. And I keep surrendering my life to God. Hmm. And yet things are getting low and it looks like he might need to go beg for bread <laughs> because I don't know what's going on financially. Um, it's tempting in difficult seasons to think that we have to get up and hustle. You know, it's like Abraham. Abraham had this promise from God. Him and Sarah were going to have a baby. There was a promised seed. Come on. But Abraham is 90. Sarah's 80. And there's no baby yet. So what he do, Abraham got a little hustle in him. <laughs> Actually, it was Sarah. Sarah. Sarah got the hustle first. Yes, yeah, Sarah had Sarah the Sarah got the hustle and said, listen, why don't you take my handmaid? Why don't you take my servant? And sleep with her. And then because she's mine, it will be like the baby is mine. And I'm going to hustle up a way around this so that we can right, get the seat. Right, right, right. And um, and Abraham, his little hustler awakened when he heard Sarah's idea. And they did that. Thing. Right. And later the Lord had to come back and say, no, that is still not the promise. No, it's not. But it's we all get the desire to try to do something to make it happen. And the truth is that... The Lord was showing me earlier how the promises of God are always received by relationship. Mm-hmm. They're received through sonship. Yeah. And without trying to get overly deep with our with the folks we're in conversation with right now, you know, all the covenants in the Bible have this thing in common. From Noah to uh, Abraham to Moses to David and finally in Jesus. 
And even you could consider the one with Adam to be kind of like a covenant too, but it was a covenant. Always, um, it is a covenant, yeah. although some don't count it, but I count the it. The Adamic covenant. Adamic, yeah. 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 Um, and you know, the top five are the ones I mentioned first, but really, if you look at Adam, it's the same thing. He's got something to do. God's got everything to do, and right. they're in relationship, you right. know? And, it, and each time, who the recipients of God's blessing are that person that he's, in, that he's relating to and their offspring. Mm-hmm. You know, with Adam... All he had to do was was not mess with that tree, maintain dominion, all him and his offspring, no death, life forever. Now, obviously, that fell through. No, it didn't fall through. Adam made the choice that he made, Adam and Eve. We know that. The same thing with Noah. You know, I love the, the rainbow. You know, most Christians know when you see a rainbow in the sky, there's that promise, you know, that God would never flood the earth again. Well, listen, every inhabitant on earth is now a descendant of Noah. So who's the recipient of the covenant? The sons, right. you know, and you don't work, you don't have to earn not getting drowned. Right. You don't have to earn that promise. <laughs> yeah, that's that's already given. Yeah. It's the same thing with, with Abraham, you know, you and your offspring, your family will be a blessing to the families of the earth. Who it's it's the seed that's born. It's the same thing with Moses, the promised land, you know? Yeah. Who who inherits the promised land? The yeah. sons of Israel. Right. You know, it it doesn't matter how hard their servants work, they don't work their way into becoming the promise receivers mm-hmm. it's the sons who receive the promise mm-hmm. um or maybe you can marry in you know <laughs> well i mean just like we're grafted in and i think it's also important to point out you can work you can work your way out of a promise right i you mean can, you, you can, can pull a saw you can break relationship yeah but you can't work your way in that's what i'm it saying it has to be initiated yeah, that's, by what God. I, that's what i'm saying now the lord can, the, like for example um i, I mentioned saul now, the Messiah was going to go through the line of Saul. Yeah. But he worked himself out of that promise by disobedience. Yeah. And that's all the Lord asked of us. Just hear me and obey. Yep. <laughs> I mean, this is just simple. Yep. It's like, and all the promises of heaven and uh, all the promises that I've given you are yours. Yep. They're all yours. The covenant with David could have been the covenant with Saul. Exactly. He had been obedient. But the da- but it's not the Saulinian covenant. It's the it's Davidic, Davidic covenant. covenant <laughs> because David was the one that said, oh, my bad. I messed up. Yeah. And I'm not, th- this is about you and not me. When, when Nathan approached him about his sin, first thing he did, hit the floor in repentance. When Samuel approached Saul with his sin, he was like, don't tell the people, don't tell the people, let's burn up some offerings. Yeah. Let's pretend like it's not really happening. Right. He didn't care that God's favorite left. He wanted the favor of man. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, so he, now David's sons. Right will receive the promise that they will right. never cease to be one on the throne of Israel. Right. So anyways, long and the short of it, um, I'm in full agreement. Yeah. And th- here's the thing, all those covenants, the best one, in my opinion, through Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. it's the same thing. Romans eight, mm-hmm. we get born again. We receive the spirit of adoption. Right. And that's what I'm talking about right now. When it comes to us as believers, receiving the promises of God in a difficult situation. I think what we have to remember is see the enemy. That's why we need community. Like you were yeah. talking about. Yeah. Cause when we get isolated, we think, what do I have to do to make this stop? Mm-hmm. And we forget, wait, no, I'm going to receive that breakthrough. I'm going to receive peace. 
because mm-hmm. God gives me peace. Mm-hmm. I'm going to receive joy because God gives me joy. Come on. I'm going to receive provision because God promised to give me provision. I'm going to receive protection because God promised he wouldn't let the enemy overtake me. All Amen. I have to do is cry out. And all of those things are because we believe in Jesus and receive the spirit of adoption. Yeah. Talked about in Romans 8. And when we receive that, the, the 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 word says by that spirit we cry out Abba Father mm-hmm. we become sons and daughters and now we're heirs and yeah. we're recipients of the promises. Come on, it's, it really is about who you know. Yeah, it's not about what you do. Right. You know they mean that in a shady way in the yeah. world, but the truth is it is about who you yeah. know. It's about whose whose kid you are, and you know I love that 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 we get to know that look it's you don't you didn't earn your way in Mm -hmm. and in in a season where it's hard and we're fighting for our faith a lot of the times all we really need to do is just be still and just believe god come on be his son be his daughter be his friend and believe what he says Mm -hmm. and know that those promises are going to come through not because we we proved ourselves by serving our way into it but because we trusted him to be father yeah you know, sometimes the uh, for me, in in in, in just to co sign what you're saying, um, I've known that he's faithful, so I just leaned on his faithfulness. Yeah, Even, and that's all the strength I had. Like, look, I don't know what's gonna happen. Mm. I'm lost. I feel like a dumb blind, blind beggar. I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I, but I know you're faithful. Yeah. So I'm just gonna lean on that. Yeah. And that was enough to just carry me through. Yes. You know, to to that to to the breakthrough of that next season. And I and these words are so overused in Christianity, but they're so true and powerful. It's like, no, there is breakthrough. Yes. There is promise. There is finance. There is yeah. blessing. God can't send a word that right. changes your perspective right. and then changes your life because right. your perspective changes. Absolutely. There is authority. Yes. You know what I'm saying? There are there are there are uh, permissions and levels, you know. There are all those things, yep. but they come in the context of relationship, like you said. They come in the context of I'm going to grab hold of what the Lord has promised me, and I'm not going to let go, not by my strength, but by His. So this is going to be the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in my life, and I'm going to communicate with that with that with 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 with, with my helper. Yes, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, because he's he's my helper. Mm-hmm. I, I need him. So talk for a moment about how the Holy Spirit is supposed to be involved in all of this. Well, let me just testify then. Let me just give you an example. Let me just testify. (laughs) Testify, mama. Because one of the things the Holy Spirit does, as he did for the apostles in the word, (sighs) he reminds us of what God has said. Come on. If we will just spend some time reading the scripture, if we don't have to consider ourselves scholars, just read it. You don't understand 80% of it. So just just believe that in due time, the Holy Spirit's going to bring it back to your remembrance and bring you through something by what he brings up in your spirit. Come on. So just on, on, on Friday, <laughs> I mean, the first week that we opened the doors of UMI Church officially, because we kind of been doing counseling for months, but officially started up, man, that, that Friday, it was like, that there was some crazy warfare stuff going on. I mean, difficulty like where you're just trying to keep your thoughts straight. Right, right, you know that kind right, of moment? Right, it's like right. faith. It's like, goodness, can yeah. I just get some peace in my brain while yeah. I do these dishes? You know yeah, what I mean? Right. And uh, and I remember, you know what brought me out? It's just like what you said. Hmm. 
I was grappling through these thoughts, trying to lay them down, trying to get to a place of peace. And the thing that rose above it was, God wouldn't say that. (laughs) Amen. It wasn't me, you know, because I had my feelings about whatever was going on. God is like this, not like that. Mm -hmm. And that thought alone was enough. So so it's like, I don't know what's going on right now or why this season is hard, but I know God is faithful in this way. Come on. So whatever this other thing is, I'm not about to finish. I'm I'm not going to keep dealing with it. I literally threw the thought in the trash can because it wasn't consistent with who God is. Come on. And the next thing I knew, I was just free. Now, before that, I did text somebody and say, please pray for me because I'm having a hard (laughs) time. You know what I mean? I did do the reach out thing too. And I think that that they all work together. They do. But there's something about remembering who God is and who he is toward us mm-hmm. that releases us into that place of sonship mm. where we can just breathe and just look at him. Because if we're looking at ourselves, we're going to see our flaws, yeah. our weaknesses, our failures, our yeah. fears. But when we look at him, and remember how he's looking at us as his kids, mm-hmm. how he's faithful toward us, like you said. Yeah. Everything else just lays down. Sometimes it's not, I'm, I don't know if I'm doing the right thing or not. Yeah. In the, sometimes in a difficult season, man, it feels like you're in a washing machine, like you're flipped all around, man. upside down. You can't tell which it way It feels like up. that movie Gravity. Yeah. It feels like, you know, you know, where she, she's just floating. Floating. Flipping. Like, I, like <laughs> I don't have enough boost to get back. <laughs> like, I can't get back to that pod. <laughs> I feel like that sometimes in hard seasons. Mm, like, yeah. I'm just floating in space. I could see where I need to be, but I don't know how to get there. You know, and it's That's like, a good analogy. And then it just, anyways, I, I just really feel like I want to take something you said because I, I want to go to this place real quick before we close out. Because when you were talking, I felt something stirring in me, and it it, it boils down to this without trying to preach it because you know I'm, I'm you know me I will preach the <laughs> smallest little thing. <laughs> It's the preacher in me, man. I'm just, I just oh, understand. Lord, man. help me. Just how you made me. But um, uh, it, it's we t- sometimes, and it's it, not to say not to not not to dumb down understanding the season you're in. But part of part of that very natural thing to say what's going on around me. We take our eyes off of off of Jesus. We take our eyes off of the Lord. And we bring our eyes down to the circumstance. Mm. And that's, and I feel like that's a trap of the enemy. Mm -hmm. It's let the, and and this is something for me, you know, as you're talking, I'm like, no, let me not take my eyes off of of the Lord. Let me not look at my circumstances. I'm not going to look at this temporal and and talk about it like it's permanent. Mm. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and, and look at the eternal and ask the Lord what to do with this temporal. Yeah. You know, it's like, let him tell me what this season is. Let him tell me what my circumstances yes. are. You know, and, and I hate to use this idea of bills, but that's just everybody's. You know, like for us, many times we, we almost got stuff cut off. And I'm thank God for, for the Holy Spirit where we just said, well, you got it, Jesus. Yeah. You've done this more than once. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I don't need, I don't need a shout party and an amen. I mean, we just said, all right, we're going to pray. We'll get our friends to pray. We're going to pray. Mm-hmm. And you're going to come through. And sure enough, every time yeah. he came through. 
It's be, it, it was because we didn't we didn't put our eyes on the circumstance and our faith level got low. <laughs> Every time my faith level got low is because I put my eyes on the circumstance. Yeah, that's right. When I see how big he is and who he is yeah. in his beauty and in his majesty, that beholding and becoming principle. Yeah. That's when all of a sudden I have faith to do whatever. It's so true. If we're looking at our loneliness... You know, if we're looking at um, feeling like our career is dead end and we never going to earn enough money or whatever. If we're looking at feeling unhappy on the track we're on mm. or, um, oh, what's that classic thing? Here I am at this age and this is what my life is. Mm. Oh, no, I'm supposed to have X, Y and Z. Right. So says television. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like just. Thus all, says Oprah. Yeah, all of the, All of that, man. All of that stuff that. Well, we get the idea that we're a failure. Right. Now, the Lord was talking to me about greed. Mm. I didn't even think I had an issue with greed. And I'm like, why do mm. you keep talking to me about greed? <laughs> He's showing me that one of the things greed does or covetousness does is it makes you feel like you're a failure because you lack material things that you want. Mm. But the only reason you want it is because you never satisfied. Mm. Oh, which is good. greed. That's so good. You know, it's like, oh, yeah. now you up here feeling depressed, trying to work your way into getting all this stuff, chasing greed, maybe not even knowing that it's greed. Right. And it's funny how I love how God will let stuff ride like a pimple. You know, when you push a pimple, yeah. you make that sucker pop, the Lord will just let that pressure mount up yeah. so that the real thing that's troubling you can come to the surface. Come on, man. And we can go ahead and deal with it. And I think that's so important to remember about difficult seasons, you know. It can go a multitude of different ways. We can come out of a difficult season more or less the same. Mm -hmm. We can let really listen to the enemy, listen to the father of lies, dig into selfishness and come out worse Mm -hmm. than before we went in bitter, distrusting, angry, resentful, you know, more greedy. You know, we can come out worse or we can submit to the Holy Spirit in the process, asking him. Every minute, if we have to, yeah, leaning on him, yeah, for help, and we can come out better than before we went in. That's good. That's really good. Pardon my yawn, everybody. <laughs> yeah, it's ten o'clock out here. Yeah, wait, but it's true. God gives us the ability. You know, James one says talks about the ways that we can build in character when we end up in various trials, and actually says to count it all joy. joy. Man, that's so important because the word of the, the word of the Lord says the joy of the Lord is our strength. Yeah. So if we want strength, we need to apply joy. And I love that because when I think of when I think of the the biblical word joy, automatically think of a party. It's like, I, you know, where I need to have a celebratory spirit mm-hmm. about this thing. Mm. I know what's going on. But I have the promise of heaven, Jesus, in me. Yeah. It's like, ain't nothing too hard. It's in, in, I've, <clears throat> I haven't always, I don't always, obviously, always go there. But when I have, it's made life so much easier. Yeah. You know, it's like, I, it's not, and I'm not saying to throw a party. I'm just saying, but that celebratory spirit of, you know, the hope of glory, King Jesus living in me versus my circumstance. Yeah. I'm good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like, I can smile through this thing. And no matter what the circumstance may bring, I know I'm going to come out better than when I started yeah. because I'm letting him work on me. 
Yeah. I'm like, you know, and I know this is another overused terminology, but much like the coal turning into a diamond, that pressure forms something beautiful. And, you know, when you were talking about being satisfied, I'm thinking of the word that talks about, um, you know, be satisfied with food and clothing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say houses. It doesn't say money. It doesn't say cars. It doesn't say it, it, horses. It doesn't say nothing. It doesn't even say a donkey. It, it'll just be satisfied with food and clothing. So if there's a satisfaction point, it needs to be that he's feeding me and that he's clothing me. Everything else is the is 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 the bonus. <laughs> and so and so if I look at life from that perspective, if I have a roof over my head and any kind of food in my fridge, even if it's a little bit of, of Jello pudding. You know, anything. Yeah, it's a blessing, and okay. I'm gonna receive it with joy. And I know that's a hard that's a hard thing to say, because you know, and I've been there where you're like, well, you don't know how I feel right now. Right. You don't I'm know tired of this beans and rice, man. Yeah. Oh gosh, I, we had beans and rice. For Wait, so I didn't mean to send you down the road, baby. Oh, come back, come back, come back. I'm coming back, mama. Anyway, we the, have uh, other testimonies. This one is just the one tonight. That apparently, we apparently. <laughs> but uh, but anyways, the the point is. When I said when we when we became even in those seasons when we became satisfied with food and clothing and we would say it out loud, you know. Oh, yeah. and that's the other thing. I just want to add to what you're saying. Speak the word. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you're talking about God's promises, declare yeah. that promise. You know, you want to shift the atmosphere of your heart. You want to shift the atmosphere of your of of your of your of your sphere of influence. Man, speak that word. Yes, the promises of God are yes and amen. Well, then speak that yes and amen. Speak that promise, and I guarantee you it's going to help your heart. Absolutely. But anyways, uh, I think that's pretty much it for today. Yeah, I mean, I'm, we we've got a, a beautiful picture of of what is a hard season and, and what does it look like? What's some things we can do yeah. if we're in community, if we have maybe don't feel like we are, what can we do? Yeah. We talked about God's promises and how to basically verify that sure. we're working in an yeah, actual promise. promise of God <laughs> yeah. and not just something we wish would happen. And then we talked about, you know, how to receive that, how to position ourselves to rely on who he is right. and how he loves us and just make sure that we're coming into obedience. Like you said, confess our faults. Just yeah. be like, Lord, I want to, you know, I want to be faithful to you. You're so faithful to me and, yeah. and trust him to be faithful. Yeah. And finally, like the scripture says, to count it joy. Yeah. You know, I found when I really believe, when I really decided to invest all my faith, there's some joy that comes with it. Amen. And I can always tell a mature believer by how much joy they are able to have in a depth of difficulty. Yeah. You know, we can all have joy when it's just a little hard. Yeah. But when it gets real, yeah. I mean, when it's like, you know, some even physical persecutions and chains and they still have joy. Yeah. And, you know, they believe in Jesus. I met a um, before we go, I just want to share this one quick story. I met a, um, a lady from India once um, when I was serving as a director at, at, at a large ministry in the United States. And, and uh, she she was um, part of the underground. Ch- well, I want to call it underground church, cause, but technically it's an underground church because there's where she's from. There's a lot of radical Hindus. Mm. And they were going around burning churches and killing people and all kinds of stuff. Um, but she was like the most joy-filled 
person I ever met in my entire life. Yeah. Uh, when I, the, I mean, that her smile was just so glowing and bright. And I heard her preach. It Quite honestly, it was anointed, but it was extremely slow. So yeah. I had to really focus, and I was tired. I remember. Like, I think I remember this. Yeah, I was like, I will not fall asleep. <laughs> she spoke very simply. Very simply, but um, one of the things that stuck out as she was as she preached, and whether it was it was either her preaching or something uh, we talked about on a one on one when she was done. I don't remember quite when it was, but it definitely stuck out as the most prominent thing I took away. And um, when she was discussing her persecution. She was saying, you want to know why I'm so joyful? And I think I said, I think, yeah, of course, you know. She goes, I have Jesus. And it was the simplicity of knowing that he has her and she has him. Mm. There's a satisfaction in knowing who he is, that he is enough, no matter what. Yeah. That I That she just was so filled with the light of God and the glory of God that I'll never forget. And <clears throat> I just want to, I just want to say that to everybody as we talk about hard seasons and we talk about God's promises, Jesus is enough. Yeah. But just in case you didn't believe him in the first place, he gives you promises anyway, but he is enough. He is more than enough. He is far above enough. <laughs> he is everything. Ever, <laughs> he yeah. is the Lord our God, and I just—I know that sounds very cliche, but it's so true to grasp. So, if you're going through a hard season and you need to latch on to God's promises, you look to Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord, and you look at Him and you say, "You are enough," and you're going to walk me through this thing because you are good and you never lie. And I promise you, you're going to come out that thing way better than when you started. Amen. So thank Amen. you for listening. We love you. We bless you. And I'm going to say a quick prayer before we go. Father, thank you so much for what you've done for us. And thank you for the hard seasons you've brought us through. Even if we didn't come out so clean on the other side, you are faithful to continue to clean us and wash us. And so, Father, as we leave this podcast and we we pray over everybody who's listening. We just thank you that you are working out something beautiful in the lives of all who are listening. And Father, I pray that they would read your word, latch on to who you are, hold faithfully to your word and to your promises, and that the hard seasons that they're going through will only polish them and make them who you've called them, who you've called them to be. Lord, I thank you. We love you and we give you praise and glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Till next time, y'all.